Welcome. We're glad that you're at Church Project today. Um, I want us all to begin with just a declaration over our time, and we've been doing this for a little while, and I think it's just so good to remind us why we're here. And so this is based out of Isaiah chapter 60, verses 1 and 3. So if you would, let's stand and let's make this declaration over our lives, over our church, and over our time together. Let's read this out loud. To all who mourn and long for comfort... To all who feel worthless and wonder if God cares. To all who fail and desire strength. To all who sin and need a savior. This church opens wide her doors with a welcome from Jesus Christ, the ally of his enemies, the defender of the guilty, the justifier of the inexcusable, and the friend of sinners. God, thank you for bringing us here today. And I can't help but read that and declare that without getting a smile. This is you over our lives, God. Thank you for pursuing us, for being God Almighty, for giving us life and letting us be counted as one of yours. God, I pray that we would continue to remember who you are and who we are in you today. God, we open our hearts and our minds that you would show us some amazing things. In your name we pray, amen. Amen, you can have a seat. Well, welcome to Church Project. We've been going through the parables of Jesus. We've taken a pause from going through the book-by-book expository teaching, and I'm enjoying the parables. Are you liking them? Like, they're, they're so, so good. And this last week, we kicked off house church. And I don't know about your house church, but our house church was sick. Sick is good, okay? It was, it was, it was awesome. And I just love the teachings of Jesus and, and just kind of unpacking what he means. And what we're going to be looking at today is the parable of the mustard seed. And there's two different mustard seeds. So we're going to look at Matthew chapter 13, verses 31 and 32. That's the mustard seed we're looking at. Matthew chapter 13, verses 31 and 32. I want to remind us as we're looking at these parables, and it's something I say every time, I want to remind us of a few things. One, as we read the the parables, what Jesus originally intended for these hearers to learn, that's the same message for today. It doesn't all of a sudden change over time. The message that Jesus was giving the original people, the original church, is still the intent of today. And so what that means is when the Holy Spirit prompts you and shows you something really cool today, which he will, our job is to say, God, I hear that and I surrender to you 100% in this aspect. It's, It's not anything new. We just say, God, be the Lord of my life, and when you tell me something, I want to come under your lordship, and I hear the message loud and clear. So can we we make that declaration today just in our own hearts and minds that when God teaches us, which he will, we'll say, God, thank you. We hear that, and we'll change our lives accordingly, and we'll celebrate who we are in him. So I think that's a good charge today. I want to pray this over us. It's Psalms chapter 25, verses 4 through 5, and it's Jesus, help me to submit to your kingdom authority in every aspect of my life. Show me your ways, Lord. Teach me your path. Guide me in your truth and teach me, for you are are God, my Savior, and my hope is in you all day long. And all of God's people said, amen. Amen. Well, let's 
dive into this. And Jonathan, thank you so much. Worship band, thank you so much for leading us in incredible worship. And Jonathan, thank you for being vulnerable and talking about, about what you were speaking on. And I think it, it lands perfectly in line with what we're talking about today. And here's the question I have for you. What is a big goal you are planning to accomplish this year? And literally, I want to know, does anyone have a goal that you're planning to accomplish this year? April? Graduating from college, there you go. Hopefully you can accomplish that, that's good. What's another big goal? Just shout loud, just, what's a big goal that you have, you want to accomplish this year? I plan on reaching 100. 100! We're gonna have a party, yes. Brad, you're bringing her back, okay? Any other goals? Big, come on. We, we can even be vulnerable here. What's a big goal you want to accomplish this year? I know you're not supposed to talk, but welcome to Church Project. I'm waiting for one more. I want to sell my wallets at Comic-Con. You want to sell your wallets at Comic-Con? Okay, there you go. That's awesome. If he makes duct tape wallets, and they're pretty amazing. So, okay, very good. Thank you for sharing, Peter. You want to reach 100 this year. At IQ. <laughs> IQ. <laughs> okay. Bill Jerky, everyone. He's here all week. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> so I have some pretty big goals in my life. Um, plans, if you might. Um, and you might laugh if we sat down and I kind of told you some of my plans and some of my goals. Every startup company has a vision kind of has a goal, like, we're going to do this, you know, whatever it may be. And, and maybe you have that in your life or you have that in your place of employment. When we started Church Project eight years ago, you know, one of the things we started saying early on is we want to change the way people see Christ Christians in the church. And it's not a knock against other churches and whatnot, but it is a reality saying, listen, raise your hand if you've been hurt by the church or by Christians, Okay. If you've been in it long enough, you will be hurt by the church and the Christians. I will disappoint you. Church project will disappoint you. You know, but Christ will not. And oftentimes we say, because we've been hurt by Christians or the church, oh, I don't know about God and his goodness. And it's like, whoa, time out. Like, we don't judge God's goodness by human frailty, right? And so we want to change the way people see Christ Christians in church. Like, that, that's a big goal, I don't know that we'll ever accomplish that around the whole world, but the good news is that's not our job, right? So what big goals, what big plans do you have in your life? And as Christians, hear this, man. As Christians, may we create, may we innovate, may we dream, may we learn and lead as we bring heaven to earth as it is in heaven, like, God has empowered us to listen to the Holy Spirit and create and innovate and do and lead and learn and love. And, I mean, this is awesome. We've, we've been given everything that we need to change the world or to stay home and be madly in love with God and never leave our house. Like, whatever God calls us to do, what's the big dream and goal that God's kind of given you? And, Jonathan, thank you for paralleling that, too. It's like sometimes we just wait. We wait on the promises of God because it's scary, right? Other times, he's like, go charge the hill and run and go into that battle. And may we do that as well. And so here's kind of a big goal. It's in Acts 1.8. It's the summary of the whole book of Acts. 
And this is the goal that Jesus is saying for the early church. He says in Acts 1.8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Can I get an amen? Amen. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witness in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and, oh yeah, to the ends of the earth. Does that sound like a pretty big goal? Like Jesus is saying, to the ends of the earth, like this message is going to change and rock the earth. How would you like to be the original hearer going, hey, God, now that's a pretty big vision. Like, wow, pretty lofty. So let's look at this parable. The parable is in Matthew chapter 13, verses 31 and 32, and I'll read it out of the NIV version. The king of the heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plant and becomes a tree, so that the birds come and perch in its branches. Two verses. And I think in order to kind of look at these two verses, we also know the context is what Jesus was talking. And he's been in a conversation with Pharisees and professional Christians and the people that have it all together. And he's been teaching them some incredible things. And right now, Jesus is teaching the Pharisees about the present kingdom. He's trying to teach them something they really, they're not totally grasping right now. And just previously in the parables, this question arises, okay, so you're saying, Jesus, that Satan is going to oppose this good work? And you can see that in the parables kind of proceeding here. Pharisees are saying, Jesus, so Satan's going to oppose this, this good work and his opposition is thick and hard and he's going to plant weeds along with wheat. And Okay, but now we're concerned about the present kingdom, so what will happen to this kingdom? And Jesus goes into this parable and he talks about this mustard seed. And for all of you botanists out there, whoop, whoop, study seeds and all that stuff. For all you botanists, you're like, yeah, but there's seeds that are smaller than the mustard seed. Okay, you got me on that one. <laughs> yes, there are seeds smaller than the mustard seed. In this time when Jesus is teaching, remember context is big, that is the smallest seed that was measurable by scales. And so they're like, this is the smallest seed that we can understand <clears throat> when it comes to scales and being able to use, like using balance. The seed though, if, you, if, you're, if you're a super wise botanist out there, you know that this seed is simply a shell. The seed is a shell, and if you crush it, out comes a powder, and the powder is actually all the seeds of the seed. So you have to crush the, the shell of the seed, that tiny one, and then here's all the seeds that are in it. Uh, fun little fact. Do whatever you want with it. Impress someone one day with that knowledge, okay? It's a container for the seed. And in one year, a mustard seed can grow into a, a tree 32 feet high, or a bush. I don't know what it is. But it can grow 32 feet in one year. That is impressive. And so Jesus, in a very real sense, is using this as proverbial mustard seed to teach us about the present kingdom, Something super small that grows really, really large. I mean, think about it. As Jesus is talking right now, he's saying this message is going to go to the ends of the earth. And just a little while ago, he said this message to 11 men in an upper room before he died. Does that seem like a mustard seed to you? 120 people 
he spoke to at his ascension. That sounds really, really small. And in Acts 2, we see there's about 3,000 followers of the way of Jesus Christ. And then in Acts 4, 4, we see it's up to 5,000. Whoop, whoop. I mean, I was, I was part of a church in Texas that was like three times larger than that 5,000. And so we're starting with the mustard seed. And Jesus is saying, this mustard seed, this present kingdom is going to blossom into a 32-foot tree. It's going to blow your mind what is going to happen because of the Holy Spirit and because I empower you, the church. Regardless of the opposition of Satan, this thing is going to blow our minds because I am building my church. And all of God's people said, amen. So don't stress out about some BHAG. How many of you know what BHAG is? No? Okay, Kendall, Dan, Jason, woo, woo. Okay, BHAG, big, hairy, audacious goal. I don't even know who came up with that, but I thought it was more widely known. So now we all know it. So let's, let's try this again. So don't stress out about some BHAG. Woohoo, yeah. <laughs> we don't need some future dream or some future goal. And I want to say that because some people in here, when we're talking about, you know, this little mustard thing that we have in our lives, we're like, what's this big vision that God has? Like, ah, I don't have a BHAG. I don't know. Like, I don't know what God's going to do in my life. And I'm here to say, don't stress out about some future thing that may or may not come. We are already walking in eternity, people. We're alive. We're breathing. We're loving God and we're loving others. God may use us to do some amazing things in life, but the reality is he didn't even need that. What he needs is our love and attention so we can walk and be who he's created us to be. And then if anything else comes from that, whoop-dee, we get to celebrate spreading this love message around the world. But here's the deal, man. It starts with us waking up and loving God. So the BHAG, whether it comes, whether we accomplish it or not, our BHAG should be, God, thank you for the breath today, and let me see you clearly today. Man, I'm not hitting the table, because last week that scared me a lot, okay? Do you wake up thankful? That could be a BHAG, a big, hairy, audacious goal to wake up thankful. Because some of us are stressing out. I mean, some of us, there's a lot of things going on in this, this present kingdom and, and the weight of having these big goals and stuff are stressing us out. And I say, why don't we start at the very basic things? Do you wake up thankful? Here's the deal. I was listening to a podcast this week, and don't make fun of me, but it's a really good podcast called Eventual Millionaire. What, what? Bling, bling, right? <laughs> and, and, and the person speaking that, that was being interviewed um, and thank you, Matt, for that, that he, he suggested I listen to that. The person that was speaking was saying, hey, listen, I believe in luck. And, and when I started saying I'm a lucky dude, guess what? I started seeing things as lucky. I'm like, oh, look, a penny. I'm so lucky. And I started seeing things where it's like, I'm the luckiest dude ever. And I started noticing, it started changing my perspective because I'm like, I'm a lucky dude. 
It's kind of like that blue Honda that you buy, and all of a sudden you notice blue Hondas everywhere. When you start looking for that and you start realizing that, it becomes your reality. And the reverse can be true as well. So I say I believe in luck, but I'll say this even more. We wake up honored to be his. And that is our perspective. Like, God, I am so thankful for life today. Oh, look, I'm so thankful for life today. I'm so thankful for life today. God, give me your perspective. As small as it may be or as large as it may be, I'm a lucky dude. I've been chosen by God. He loves me. I get to walk with him. I get to wake up thankful. That's a good day right there, wouldn't you say? Whether we accomplish anything beyond that, like our perspective, God, come what may, this is your day. Oh, that rhymed. Come what may, this is your day. Oh, I'm going to get a tattoo on that. Perspective of God, a thankful heart, whatever may come. I'm going to just riddle us with scripture today. So you ready? Write it down or look at your U version notes because come what may, this is his day and we need his perspective of thankfulness as he's building his kingdom right here in our hearts and in this world as this message is going to the ends of the earth. We need to be reminded of a few things. One, Colossians 4.2, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. Is this our reality? Devoting ourselves, ourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful? Or do we wake up going, woe is me, I've got a huge task list, I've got all this stress, I'm carrying the weight of the world. He's like, whoa, whoa. Devote yourself to prayer and wake up thankful. May the praise come off our lips, praising who God is, regardless of what's coming. Come what may, this is his day. I'm gonna keep saying that. Hebrews, 2, or Hebrews 12, 28. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God ex- acceptably with reverence and awe. May we worship God with reverence and awe. Psalms 9, 1 through 2. I will give thanks to you, Lord, with all my heart. I will tell of all your wonderful deeds. I will be glad and rejoice in you. I will sing the praises of your name, O Most High. What kind of perspective is that? Like, that's a beautiful perspective. One of thankfulness, focusing on God and not our current lives or situations, like focusing on who God is. And here's another one, Philippians 4, 12. I know what it is to be in need. Raise your hand if that's you. Every one of us in this room. Whether it's financial, emotional, spiritual, whatever it is, like maybe we're going through anxiety, maybe we're stressed, maybe we're struggling with something super hard and super dark that no one even in the church wants to talk about, like that thing, like I'm in deep need. I know what it is to be in need. And I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. And here, Paul 
and the people that have come before us says, are you thankful? And do you have the right perspective? Because I'm building my present kingdom in all of us. But there's an adversary, Satan, that wants to come in and steal that perspective. And he wants us to focus on our need and our want and what's not right. And God's like, be thankful. Oh, praise God. In good and in bad and in much and in need, praise God, oh my soul, may we have his perspective. So when Jesus is teaching about the present kingdom, and if we honestly want to say with our own lives, like God is building his present kingdom in each and every one of us, okay? So look at yourself as a tiny little church, because that's what we are. And when God is saying, I'm going to build my present kingdom, Does the future of the church scare you? You can zoom out and say the future of the church, capital C Church, does it scare you? And you can look at your life. Does your future scare you? And if so, Jesus is the answer for the world today. Jesus is the answer for the world today. Give me Jesus. Like this thing is built by Jesus and for Jesus. And let's put our perspective there. Isaiah 53, 5. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds we are healed. Amen. John 10.10, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Amen? Philippians 2, 9 through 11. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him a name that is above all other names. That is the name of Jesus. Every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. This is the kingdom. This is the kingdom he's invited us into, and we get to walk and we get to celebrate his perspective as we're thankful for what he, who he is and what he's doing. You and I are the church. You and I are the kingdom. When I wake up, When we wake up, may the praise of him be on our lips. When we remember who we are, may we praise him. When we walk in what God has already given us to walk in, may we praise him and thank him continually and ask him for dreams and visions, by the way. We are walking in eternity in God while he gets all the glory and praise. And I think God is also inviting us, church project, and to think about church and to ask him what he has for us. And so he's changing some of our perspectives. Like, don't see Sunday morning as the church, only and solely. Don't see Aaron Havens as some sort of like guru that's got it, that's gonna lead us all to the promised land. That's not gonna happen. It's just me doing what God's created me to do the best that I can. Sometimes I'm gonna nail it, nailed it. Other times, okay, But all of us being the church is how this thing thrives. So I want to introduce you to the church, Davidson Church. Would you guys stand? Jeff and Ginger Davidson. They meet Monday nights from 6 to 8 at their house. Doherty Church, Ryan Doherty, would you stand? They they meet Tuesdays from 6.30 to 8.30. Keep standing, everyone. There you go. Uh, Harris Church. They meet Wednesdays from 6.30 
to 8.30, and I don't know where Kim is, man. She makes you look a lot better, bro. I mean, you're... <laughs> hey, man, can I get a witness? Yeah. Hey, Lauren does the same. We're good, okay? We just got... Never mind. Okay, let's move on. Ashita Church. Uh, would you guys stand? They meet Wednesdays from 6.30 to 8.30. Uh, Perman Church, they meet 6.30 to 8.30. And Barron, did I say it right? Please say, Barron? Yes. They meet Wednesdays from 6.30 to 8.30. This is the church. These are our pastors. And I want to encourage you to be going to one of our house churches because this is where the strength of our church is. So everyone, look, look to someone near you that's standing and attack them after our gathering. Say, I'm going to come to your house because I want to be part of what God's doing there. So if you would, would you give a round of applause for our house church pastors? Thank you. I think another aspect of church that is, is super fun to celebrate is what God is doing and making our young disciples. And I'm going to invite Rachel to come up because she has got a heart for God and, and for young people. So if you would, please give it up for our Project Kids Director, Rachel. Yay. Good morning. Um, I just wanted to get up. I think it's important for you all. You all get to see the kids doing the motions over here, and that's really cool. But I think it's good for you to hear the successes that we're having downstairs with the kiddos. And um, so I just wanted to share a couple quick stories. Um, I, this week I was reading, um, and I was reading on the story of Jesus and the woman at the well. And um, Jesus happened upon that place, and he was tired, and he was wearied. And in his weariness, he impacted. The impact was huge. Um, and so I just uh, wanted to, to put that in your mind as we're talking about the mustard seed and how the mustard seed grows into a huge tree. Um, Jesus never set out to speak to thousands. It, it happened. But his goal was to relationally change people so that that change would move into their spaces. Um, and so um, I just wanted to uh, share about some individual stories of some some things that have happened. Um, a couple weeks ago, we were doing the potluck downstairs, and um, there were um, there was lots of food and there was lots of watermelon. <laughs> and um, little Addie um, Barons, um, we call her Little Addie because we have two Addies, so she's affectionately called Little Addie. <laughs> and um, she kept coming up to me, and her cheeks were full with watermelon, and she held up her hand. And there were seeds in it. And I did the typical mom thing because my kids always bring me their seeds and junk and trash. Like, help me with this is what I did. I said, oh, well, just go throw it away. And she went on her way. And then she came back five minutes later, cheeks full of watermelon again. And she had seeds in her hand. And she's looking up at me. She's like, like we learned is what she said with her cheeks full of watermelon. And the last several weeks, we've been doing the parables downstairs with you guys. And, um, the parables have all been about seeds. And I don't know if she got anything else out of the parables except for that seeds are important. <laughs> and um, it was awesome because I'm pretty sure none of you went up to Aaron with cheeks full of watermelon showing him the seeds that he's been talking about up here. Um, things are happening and those tiny people downstairs, they're being impacted. And I, I just like the vision of her cheeks full of watermelon and her sticky hands with seeds is going to stay with me because 
I was able to share a story and the other leaders were able to share stories that, that for her, seeds became important when, you know, three weeks prior for a three-year-old, seeds could, they are not important. And so that's, that's one impact story. Another impact story was um, recently we had a new family show up and um, their sweet baby loves them so much and they didn't want to, um, she didn't want to be without them. And so they wanted her to stay in kids' church. And so the volunteers we had last week, we had two men. We had Chad and um, Jabez, and they rock, but they were, and I was like a little hesitant because there was like lots of babies, and um, they, and Jabez said to me specifically, he said, um, I said, let's try our best to keep her down here because she, she just needs repetition, and Jabez was, he said in his typical fashion, if you know Jabez, he said, oh, we're, we won't let her leave. It'll be fine. <laughs> He's like, we got this. He considered it a mission, and um, Aubrey, she knew we needed help down there, and so she went down, and she one-on-one with this, this little baby just loved on her. Like one, one adult to one child loved her, and that changed the course of the morning. It gave peace to the space downstairs. It allowed a family to sit through church. That's, that's a one-on-one impact. That's a mustard seed, and that's what you get to do when you get to be with the kids. You get little sticky hands coming to you with seeds, and you get um, families who feel comfortable, even if it's just for one service, where they get to be in church with, with adults, <laughs> and um, I just I want to share that because you can be a part of that with us. I would love seven more volunteers. Um, That would allow our schedule to be more impactful. That would allow the people downstairs to be more impactful with our kids. Um, It would allow more more opportunity for space in between each volunteer so that we can have more faces. My kids want to know you. Uh, The kids downstairs, they want to know you. They don't want to just see faces. They want to know names too. Um, So if you would like to help, I would love it if you would come find me after church. I want seven. If you're a parent and you're, you call Church Project your home and your kids are downstairs, I'd love if you'd come be a part of that with us. If you're not a parent, even better. <laughs> um, because um, that, that's a special thing that you get where you're, you have no tie to kids' church other than just wanting to be there to love them, and I would love that. Um, and... I, this, the last couple of weeks, I've been able to kind of really invest in Project Kids because my kids have gone back to school. Hallelujah. My capacity has changed dramatically, um, but I realized that for educators, uh, your capacity has changed dramatically too. So my prayers have been heavily with you. Um, but if you're an educator, if you're a teacher or a para, a homeschooler, um, secretary, we want to honor you today um, and let you know that Church Project is praying for you and we're in your corner. And we love that you are um, going to grow this mustard seed type um, parable into big trees in these kids' lives. So if you're, if you're in education, would you stand up? Um, We have a little tiny gift for you. The kids did these crafts downstairs. You can stand up. Come on. Don't be shy. Michaela, Michaela, Michaela and Colby, come here. Yay. The kids downstairs, they made these, for their craft today, they made these cute keychains that says, if God can use a little mustard seed to grow a great big tree, then God can do big things through me and their little mustard seed jars. And so we just want to give you that and maybe you can put it on your keys and it'll help you remind you that, that we're for you and God's for you and you're doing big things. So girls, will you take those and pass them out to anyone standing up? Okay. 
Um, thank you so much for standing and for acknowledging that you love our kids. Thank you. Uh, we will be praying for you this year. We pray success over your school year. Um, so thank you, um, all of you. Um, come find me if you want to help us with Project Kids. I would love it. I would love to get to know more of you. The kids would love to get to know more of you. Um, and that I think that's it, girls. I'm going to close us in prayer and then send you on your way. Um, thank you. You can just take it in the back. Yep. Aren't they cute? They're so cute. <laughs> All right. Heavenly Father, God, thank you so much for this gathering, for these people, um, for allowing us to grow your kingdom. Oh, what a charge, God, that you, you walked this earth for such a short time. And in that time, it's grown and grown. And I love that I get to be a part of that tree that's grown so big and so wide and is a safe place. In that parable, it talks about birds nest there. God, allow your kingdom to be a safe place for people to rest. God, allow this church to be a safe place for people to rest. Thank you for allowing us to be a part of it, God. I pray your blessing over these people and their weeks and their spaces. Allow them to be mindful of the mustard seed that grows. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.